You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Happy weekend, everybody. You're lucky enough to be listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. I'm Ryan Roberts in for Gary Byron. He'll be with us again next week. My guest, well, really the host of the show, I asked the questions. He has the knowledge, Mr. Rob Weinberg. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well this morning, Ryan. Good to have you with us I, again. I know. Another another weekend with the, the fly-in-the-wall producer, but uh, Gary will definitely be back next uh, weekend to ask you questions. How was your week? Yeah, yeah. It's how was my it's, week? It's, it's been tough. Crazy. It's hanging. It gotta hang in there. It's it's been a crazy <laughs> week. I mean, the market's shifting. Things are changing. The time of year, the seasons are starting to you know creep in here, and winter's coming. So it's just a lot going on. Um, but no matter what's happening with that, Ryan, I always find I get a lot of the same questions. I have a lot of the same conversations with my clients. And today, what I really wanted to hone in on is such a great topic. And we've done, you know, shows here and here, here and there, just touching on it. But I really wanted to talk about financial peace today and finding financial peace using your mortgage. Uh, it's a very obscure topic. It's something that you may be, you know, scratching your head going, what do you mean? How can you find, I'm just find financial ask that. peace? What, what do you mean by yeah. financial peace? So what I'm talking about is financial freedom, really. Financial peace means financial freedom with no stress. So it's paying all your bills on time, having income coming in, all your expenses, everything is paid, and you know where the money's coming from, you know where it's going, and you can live a stress-free lifestyle. Because I found personally, no matter how much money I made, whether it was when I was you know, starting out and making just $8, $10, $12 an hour, at my first jobs or, you know, now being in the mortgage industry, almost 20 years making multiple six figures. Like I've been on both ends of it. And I can tell you, no matter how much money you make, there is always stress. There is always issues. There is always, uh, you know, a focus on money. But when you find financial peace, and I've been able to find this myself, especially over the last year or so, uh, once you find that, like you, you put yourself in a much better predicament. You put yourself in a mental state, in an emotional state that's just very empowering. It gives you a lot of confidence and it really lets you live every day to the fullest and just take life by the horns and live out your dreams. So it sounds like financial peace really should be an important goal for everyone. It, it should if you, be. If you want to live a stress-free life, maybe you like it. I don't know. It should be a goal for everyone, but I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the day-to-day, especially if you're paycheck to paycheck. I don't care if you're retired, getting Social Security and pension, and every dollar that comes in is going out, or you might be someone that's just working a regular job, and you might be making good money, but your expenses are so high, and you feel out of control financially. So I think when you're in that day-to-day, just making money, spending money, it's hard to think about financial peace. It's hard to think about using mortgage strategies to create financial peace. And it's really hard to get out of that day-to-day and start looking long-term. But in order to find financial peace, as we'll be talking about, you need to look out 
beyond today, beyond tomorrow, beyond next year. You need to look out from now until the day you die. And where do you want to be? What do you want your finances to look like? What does financial success look like to you? What number would you need in the bank or what number would you need coming in every month to not have to worry about your bills being paid? We can help you get there using your mortgage as a major cornerstone of this entire process. So that's what it's about. Financial freedom, stress from worry about money, and not being concerned with how your bills are going to be paid when you wake up every single day. So there's definitely a lot of income opportunities out there, but you are a professional mortgage broker. What types of mortgage strategies can be used in order to create financial peace in someone's life. So everybody is going to be in a different financial situation. We have thousands of listeners, people from all over the country, all the way from someone that just bought their first home or is looking to buy their first home in their early years to people that are many, many years retired, finalizing you know, their last stage in life, just trying to live out their retirement with uh, financial security. So depending on those pain points, depending on where you're at in your book of life, your goals are going to be different, right? So we need to look at what those pain points are in order to, you know, how to solve them. Some people have a cash flow issue. So if you're somebody that has a cash flow issue, usually we look at it as like your paycheck to paycheck. So money comes in, you pay your bills, and then there's like nothing left. That's considered paycheck to paycheck, right? So that's a cash flow issue. The mortgage strategies that could help you if you have a cash flow issue are if you've been paying on your mortgage for a while, even if the interest rates have gone up, you might benefit from resetting your mortgage back to a new 15-year or a new 30-year mortgage. And again, I said, even if the rate goes up, it still might make sense. It still might save you money on a monthly basis. And if you have a cash flow problem, then the thing that you need to solve is having more money come in than go out. Well, we can't necessarily help you get more money coming in, right? Because your job is your job. That's on your side. But with a mortgage strategy, what we can do is restructure the mortgages or the mortgage that you have on your home right now. And we can Put, put it in a way that it's going to save you money on a monthly basis. One of the most common things that I've seen with that lately is, you know, you've been paying on this 15-year mortgage for years. Maybe you only have five years on your house left. What if we took that five-year loan and we put you back to a 15-year loan or a 20-year loan? You may think that's crazy, but if I told you it was going to save you $1,000 a month, would that be crazy or is that smart? So that's one cash flow item. The next thing is debt consolidation. So many people nowadays are saddled with debt, student loans, credit card bills, medical bills, personal loans, and everything in between. A mortgage can be one of the best places to consolidate your debt because of the flexibility. There's interest deductions in certain cases. Um, great interest rates, obviously, comparatively speaking to any other type of debt that's out there. And debt consolidation mortgages can routinely save people. People, as we've talked about on this show, $500, $1,000, $2,000 or more a month. When you're cash flow sensitive and you have an issue with money coming in versus going out, saving that type of money per month can be a complete lottery ticket for you. It can be like a financial lifeline that's coming in. And this is not requiring you to make more money. It's just requiring that we lower the amount that's going out. So that's a huge cash flow strategy using mortgage. Uh, the other thing is going to be home improvements or renovations. A lot of people, as they go through life, they say, well, should I move or should I just renovate, right? especially lately with the home prices going up so high. A lot of people, they don't want to move because it's hard to find a new house that's going to meet their needs. But when they think about staying in their current home, that can be a daunting thing to think about because what if the home doesn't have 
the master bedroom on the first floor the way you want it? What if your kitchen was built in 1988? Wouldn't you want to redo it if you're going to live there for the next 10 years? But everyone has these motives, but then goes, wait, but no, I can't. I don't have the money. So then you start thinking, where am I going to get the money? Well, do I take out a credit card? Do I take out a personal loan? All of this just saddles you with additional monthly expense and additional debt. Well, what about the equity in your home? What is that doing for you? What loans do you have right now against your home versus what is it worth? For a lot of people, for the majority of people, that home equity is the biggest asset that they have. So using that home equity to your advantage to do the renovations, to do home improvements, that can be huge. And there's actually specific mortgage programs called renovation loans that will allow you to do those home improvements or renovations, even if you don't have a ton of equity in your home. So food for thought on that. The last items that I want to mention on mortgage strategies to help with financial peace is going to be pretty controversial here. I want to talk about reverse mortgages. I know that some people are saying, I've heard of that. Everyone told me don't do that. It's bad. That might have been the reverse mortgage of 10 or 20 years ago. The reverse mortgage of today, of the 2020s and beyond, is an amazing financial product. It can be Again, like a lottery ticket for a lot of retirees, you have to be 62 years or older in most cases, some programs 55, but in most reverse mortgage products, it's going to be 62 years of old or older. You do need to have a substantial amount of equity in your home, but there are so many benefits to this program. The, the biggest one being you don't have to make mortgage payments anymore. So a mortgage payment becomes an option every month. Do you want to make it and can you make it? And if the answer of either of those is no, I don't, then you don't have to make that mortgage payment. Again, for a retiree, that's huge. That's the equivalent of them maybe having another job. Um, so that is a huge piece of reverse mortgages. We've done an entire show on them and we'll continue to. So go check those out if you want more info. The last one is line of credit. This equity in your home, it's sitting there. It's building every month, every year. But how do you get access to it? You either have to sell your home or you have to get a loan against it. But what if you don't need the money right now? Well, a line of credit could be a great option. A lot of people are using these home equity lines of credit as emergency funds so they don't have to touch their other investments and things like that. There's advantages and disadvantages. We've done an entire show on lines of credit, but it wouldn't be appropriate to talk about financial peace and mortgage strategies without touching on these you know, cash out strategies and liquidation strategies of the equity. So line of credit definitely falls in those lines. So with all of these options, it seems that a mortgage could really be used as the cornerstone of a financial plan. It can be and it should be. A lot of the time, if the mortgage isn't being used as a cornerstone of the financial plan, it's because your financial planner doesn't understand these mortgage strategies. There can be a real synergy that happens when a open-minded financial advisor collaborates with an expert mortgage advisor. When, when we put these two minds together, one that's focused on the investment piece and the asset piece, and the other that's focused on the liability piece and the debt piece, and we have that heart-to-heart -heart meeting of the minds, there can be huge wealth achieved. There can be just huge success achieved. The issue is that a lot of financial advisors weren't really taught about mortgages. They were just taught, it's a debt, pay it off. That's it. Now things have changed so much, especially over the last five to 10 years, along the lines of cash out refinancing, reverse mortgages and lines of credit, that options that may have not been viable 10, 15 plus years ago, now they're way better than any other options that are out there. So using the mortgage as a part of your financial plan, if there's not somebody encouraging you to do this, if there's not someone bringing this cutting edge information to you, 
on your wealth team, then it might be time to start looking around for other options, other places to get advice. You want to use that mortgage as a cash flow tool and as a liquidity tool because you can use money from your home equity to actually jumpstart or turbocharge your other investments, but you have to know how to do it. You have to understand what instruments should be used. Using home equity as an investment, taking money out of one home and buying another property. Why do so few financial advisors teach that? Why would they rather have you take money out of a 401k or investment than take debt equity out of a property? Doesn't make sense to me. But I have been speaking with financial advisors over the years, some who are more innovative. And once they get these strategies, once they understand how the mortgage can work in conjunction with a retirement plan, in conjunction with an investment account, and in conjunction with other self-employed or business opportunities, it's just a no-brainer and they never go back. Now, every client that comes to them, they're looking at with this fine-tooth comb to say, hey, what can we do here? Where can we carve out equity? Where is there an investment opportunity that we can pull money from here or there to do? The, the worst thing that I see is someone that's got all these properties with very low or no mortgages, yet they're cash poor. That means that somebody didn't do their job when it came to financial planning. So again, have an open mind, have that paradigm shift, think about this stuff, and you'll see just a world of opportunity when it comes to creating wealth. The last one is the reverse mortgage. We talked about the reverse mortgage as a strategy, but when it comes to being a cornerstone of the financial plan, using a reverse mortgage as part of a retirement plan can allow you to keep your home and not need to liquidate other assets. It can allow you to buy a home using a reverse mortgage and not need to put as much down as you as you would had you paid cash for the property. So it can help you preserve assets. Right now, the stock market's down. Why would you want to take money out of the stock market right now when it's down year to date versus taking money out of the home equity, which is up? So see, it can really help you preserve a lot of your assets, but you got to look at it from that different eye. You got to look at it from that different perspective to make sure that it's going to work for you. Everybody's situation is different. So I consider myself a an average American, right? Um, what percentage do you think of my net worth should be in real estate? So I, I really have a hard time with this question, Ryan, because everybody is going to be different, of course. And the average answer is going to be anywhere from 25% to 40% of your net worth should be in real estate equity. I'm talking about equity, the difference between the value of the home and the mortgage. You can't just look at it as I own a $400,000 home and so that's the number. It's $400,000 minus what you owe. The difference is the number we're talking about. So between 25 and 40%. But what I found over the years looking at people's finances is that for the majority of Americans, they have more than 50% of their assets or of their net worth, I should say, in the equity of their real estate. That's a really difficult position to be in because then you've got all this money tied up, but you don't have access to it. So that's why that lower amount in equity available means that maybe you liquidated some of that equity. Maybe you pulled some cash out. You've got other assets besides just the home that you can get at if you need. There's five pros to using um, real estate as an investment. The first one is that real estate can appreciate over a long period of time. Also, there's provisions in the tax code that give big incentives to owning real estate. There's some tax incentives around that. Um, real estate can also provide a monthly 
passive income. So when a tenant's paying every month, that's bringing you income that you necessarily don't have to work for very much. Of course, you might have to do upkeep, maintenance, that sort of thing. But generally speaking, it's passive income. Real estate also lets you use leverage to build equity so you can get mortgages against the properties in a large percentage of that equity. So you only need to have a very small portion tied up if you utilize that uh, you know, the right way. And the last thing is that direct real estate investment can allow you to have control over your investment. So when you invest in a stock or bond, you don't have control over what that company does, what their uh, this or that, or what products are being sold. But with direct real estate investment, you have control over what color the property is in most cases. You have control over what you're going to charge for rent that month. You have control over what tenant is going to be paying you. So there's a lot more control with real estate over other investments. So it can be easy to get a lot of money tied up in this because it is so attractive. But don't uh, don't take that to mean that you should have so much tied up in real estate. 25 to 40% gives you a diverse portfolio. You need to have money in stocks and bonds. You need to have money in businesses and venture capital and other types of investments. But you also need money in real estate. Just don't overdo it. You're listening to the Mortgage Matters radio show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast with Rob Weinberg. I'm Ryan Roberts in for Gary Byron, who is the weekly host, he'll be back next week. If you'd like to reach Rob, he can be found online at robgw.com. You can also give him a call at 860-413-3938. Quite often, Gary and Rob go to the mailbag. You can write us, ask us a question, and we will answer it for you right here on the show. It's a special email just for that, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. So, Rob, for those who are cash poor but have a lot of equity, what are some of the most common equity-releasing ideas that uh, you have seen? Sure. So... It happens a lot that someone will come to me and either them or someone they know has tons of equity tied up in a property, but they're having trouble making their monthly bill expenses, whether that be property taxes, credit card bills, et cetera, et cetera. So number one right off the bat is going to be either a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan. This would be more for someone that either has a very small first mortgage or maybe they have no mortgage at all. This will give you the ability to liquidate equity. I've seen as little as twenty-five to 50000 up to half a million or more uh, on those type of loans. So that's kind of the no-brainer that you might be thinking, oh, of course, everyone knows you could do that. But let's go to some more... Uh, some little more little known uh, strategies. Cash out refi. Yeah, we talk about it. If you've been listening for a while, you know about it. But still, a lot of people have a taboo. A lot of people don't utilize it when they should. Cash out refi can be amazing because it will not only pay off your current mortgage, but it will replace it with a new bigger mortgage. The bigger mortgage gives you cash back from the closing. That cash back can be used for pretty much anything that you want. But the reason a lot of people use it as a cash flow strategy is that many people don't have an emergency fund, or maybe they had one and it's dwindling down. So they want to replenish that for these emergencies that come up so much, especially over the last couple of years with as crazy as the market, the economy, and the world has been. 
So doing a cash out refi and liquidating even as little as ten dollars or $20,000 to put in like an emergency fund, that can be a huge leg up for someone that's having a little bit of an issue meeting their day-to-day expenses because it can give you that nest egg to dip into if you don't have it anywhere else. And then the last strategy that we're going to discuss for multiple times here today is reverse mortgage. Huge strategy when it comes to creating financial peace, huge strategy when it comes to cash flow, and one of, if not the best strategy for 62-plus homeowners that are equity-rich and cash-poor. There's so many advantages we can't even talk about because we're limited on time, but the biggest one being that you, you eliminate your mortgage payments, you eliminate the need to make the mortgage payment, but you still have the option to make it, and then also with specific mortgage, uh, reverse mortgage programs, you have access to a line of credit that grows every single year, regardless of the home value. So that can give you an incentive to get one of these because you can use that money in the line of credit for medical bills. You know, so many retirees have medical expenses. I've seen people use it for, um, you know, long-term care expenses. So what they do is they liquidate their stock portfolio instead of liquidating their um, equity in their home. Uh, And that's a great thing because you don't want to take money out of a stock portfolio that could continue growing, whereas the home value is going to go up or down regardless of the mortgage that you have on it. So that reverse mortgage line of credit is just a huge windfall for a lot of seniors. So I've been the producer for your show now for almost two years, right? We're going on two years, maybe a year and a half. I think I know the answer to this next question. It just popped in my head, but I'm going to ask it anyway in case you're listening and you don't know. Should I pay off my mortgage completely and live mortgage-free? I think I know the answer because we've talked about it before. Well, I think for you, Ryan, because of your age bracket, I don't think you should pay off your mortgage, but my answer is it depends on where you're at in life. It depends on what chapter you are in in your life. If you are just starting out or you're in the earlier stages, I would say if you're under 40, 45 years old, then 99% of the time paying off your mortgage will not make sense for you. Once you're above that age, depending on the rest of your finances, where are you at with your 401k, IRAs? Do you have a job that's going to give you a pension? Do you have that sort of thing set up? So like the answers to all those are what's going to really determine if it's going to make sense, um, you know, for you to actually pay off your mortgage. But in most cases, the answer is you don't want to do that. Being equity rich and cash poor doesn't make sense. And anybody who's in that position will tell you that it's daunting, it's difficult, and they would do anything to be out of it because it's like having this huge bank account, this huge pile of money that you can't get access to. So that's why you don't want to do that. That's why using these strategic mortgage strategies, using these methods that are seldom used in a lot of cases because of financial planners and advisors, that don't understand them, it can be that windfall that you've been looking for. It can be the difference between paycheck to paycheck and financial peace and wealth and financial success. So if you're in a position and you're someone that's done well and you've got all these investments and you've got a lot of net worth piled up other than your home equity, well, then at that point, it might make sense for you to pay off your mortgage. It really might. But if you don't have a fully funded retirement, if you don't have investments in other places, if you don't have just a very strong financial plan overall, then paying off your mortgage usually is the worst mistake that you can make. And you're probably, by doing that, leaving hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on the table. Reason being, every dollar you put towards paying off your mortgage is a dollar less than you have to invest in the market to put 
put into a business to buy other property. Once you step back and start looking at it as an opportunity cost, where the money that paid your mortgage off cannot be used for anything else, now you really scratch your head and go, wait, is that the best idea? Maybe Rob has a point here. Then you make that paradigm shift and you'll see why that equity, that mortgage, that home could be that missed fortune that you've been looking for. So we've been talking a lot about the the positives today about finding financial peace, but there's uh, there's got to be a flip side to this, and I'm sure you've seen it happen of people that have actually abused their home equity. Oh yeah, and they end up in a worse financial position. Yeah, this is something that I saw happen a lot in 2005 through about 2008. So back then we were in a real estate bubble, as everyone knows now looking back, and there were many people that would do, we called them refinance junkies because what they would do is they were addicted to refinancing. Every time they'd refinance and pay off some bills or get an injection of cash, a couple months later, they'd need to refinance again because they blew through the money. So they'd consolidate credit card debt, and then they'd run their cards back up and do that a couple times. Well, in personal finance and in real estate in general, you only get so many do-overs. So with equity growing, it worked great for a couple years. But once the equity started dropping or stabilized, these people that were refinancing over and over and over consecutively, it was kind of like musical chairs. The music stopped and they didn't have a chair. Many of those people ended up either getting foreclosed on or doing a short sale. Um, they ended up in a really bad financial situation. So don't do that. Don't put yourself in that predicament. Uh, another thing that I saw happen a lot with abuse of, of home equity is cash out refinancing without a detailed plan of what to do with the money. So you would go and structure a mortgage where you'd be getting a bunch of cash out and they'd hand you a lump sum at closing for, I don't know, $25,000. But if you just said, oh, that $25,000, i am just going to put it in the bank for a rainy day, and that was it, what we would find is you'd be going into that rainy day fund all the time. All of a sudden, you were buying designer clothes. All of a sudden, you were buying a nicer car and all these things because you had this money sitting there. And when I would follow up with these clients six months, a year later after doing the cash out refi, I would find out that that money was gone. So they didn't have a financial plan for it. You want to have a very, very detailed plan of exactly what every dollar is going to be used for. And then you need to be financially disciplined and stick to it. Just like using credit cards or abusing credit cards, personal loans, or any other financial instrument, a mortgage and home equity can be abused as well, but there's a lot more on the line because when you abuse a mortgage and the equity in your home, they can take your home. When you abuse a credit card, yeah, your credit may suffer, but nobody's going to take your property. Nobody's going to take your uh, belongings, so to speak. So it's just really important to have that heart to heart with yourself and with your mortgage advisor to keep you accountable on what needs to be done to make sure that this loan, what we're structuring is going to get you closer to your long-term financial goals. Um, the last example that I'll give Ryan in regards to abusing home equity and these mortgage strategies, putting people in a worse position is, this is so common, is you save all this money by refinancing your home, whether it be consolidating debt or just getting a lower monthly payment and stretching your loan out. So you save all this money, let's just say, for example, $500 a month, but that money is not earmarked for anything. So when we go back three to six months or a year later and say, what happened to the $500 a month you saved? That money evaporated. Where'd it go? Had you had a financial plan, what could you have done with that $500 a month? Put it in your retirement, paid down the principal on your mortgage, paid off other debt. And I mean, there's so many options, but but you see, when you abuse it, you lose it. 
You've been learning and listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Podcast. Sorry, the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast with Rob Weinberg. I am Ryan Roberts, in for Gary Byron. If you'd like to reach Rob, you can find him online at robgw.com or you can give him a call, 860 413 39 Once again, that number, 860-413-3938. We also have a private uh, number, uh, sorry, a private email you can reach us at. If you have a question, we might be able to get it to it on the show. Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Rob, thank you very much for your time. Gary will be back next weekend, and we will be listening and learning some more. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.